0: not sure he, I thought when, uh, at Portland I thought he was well I mean your whole line was just that dominant. was fun you guys oh, were, that was a good time that was you cool. guys just the destroyed that was cool, <laughs> that, was cool. That, was, that must have been so much fun
1: it really was I feel like we did definitely push each other
0: yeah, it was big great. time Welcome once again to an edition of 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Uh, Elliot and I will be on our way to Vegas for the NHL Players Tour in a couple of days. In the meantime, today we're going to present some of the interviews from the European version uh, of the NHL Players Tour. Before we get to that, quick announcement. Don't have many details at this point. Look for those a little bit later on during the week, probably Wednesday Uh, But the podcast is going on tour towards the end of September and into October as well. We're just finalizing some dates and finalizing uh, some towns. So look for more information, probably Wednesday, all this being done with an association with our friends at Boston Pizza, 32 Thoughts on the Road to get you ready for the NHL season. Meanwhile, something also getting you ready for the NHL season was the NHL European Players Tour. Elliot and I spent a couple of days in lovely Paris, did a bunch of interviews, many of which we will present today, five specifically. And we're going to break up the pod in two different groups. The first group we're calling the New Address Group. So you'll hear from Nino Niederreiter, now the Nashville Predators, by the way. John Hines, if you're listening, please, please, from this little junior hockey fan here in Stouffville, Ontario, please put together, reunite two-thirds of what was one of the best lines in junior hockey at that time, uh, the Portland Winterhawks, Nino Niederreiter, and Ryan Johansson. Please, please, please. You'll also hear from Kevin Fiala of the Los Angeles Kings and Hampus Lindholm of the Boston Bruins. Now, technically, Lindholm didn't find a new address in the offseason. We know that was a trade deadline move and then signed the extension. But work with us here. He's in the new address group, okay? Then a little bit later on, something for Buffalo Sabres and New Jersey Devils fans. You will hear from Victor Olofsson of the Swords and Nico Heischer, captain of the New Jersey Devils. Um, He joins a list of Swiss captains in the NHL, which includes Mark Streit, who was the first, and Roman Yossi, whom we all know about in Nashville. Speaking of Swiss hockey players in Nashville, we'll start there. Here's Nino Niederreiter of the Nashville Predators, Swiss forward my John Hines you can do this uh that we recorded in Paris a couple of weeks ago enjoy mm-hmm. Okay, we joked off here a little bit, Nino, about uh, the Portland boys back together, Portland Winterhawks, uh, two thirds of one of the best lines in junior hockey of that era, yourself and Ryan Johansson. Back together in Nashville. Congrats on becoming a Pred. Thank you very much. Uh, why Nashville for you? I
1: think hockey wise, I think it's going to be a great opportunity myself to be uh, playing there. I'm, I, know, I know a lot of guys, always playing with Roman in the national team, and always a really good friend of mine, so he was definitely a big reason why I ended up there. And I think it's just the, the way they play the game. I think it's definitely a, a good fit for myself.
2: In Switzerland, like, Yossi must be like the godfather. So if he calls you and says, <laughs> come to Nashville, it's pretty tough to say no, I would bet. Yeah,
1: absolutely. He sent me a couple of texts and he's like, hey, let's, let's make sure we get you there. And that's what I knew, like, okay, I got to go there. But no kidding aside, but like... I knew right from the beginning, Nashville could be a great spot for myself, knowing Grandland from my from yep. Minnesota and Johansson, like you mentioned, Portland days. I think those are two players which I potentially have a chance to play with and
2: that would be a lot of fun. So take us through it because one of the things I've learned over the years, Nino, you know, is there, there's two types of people. There's people who see the uncertainty of free agency and they love it. They're like... I want to see what this is all about. And there's other people who see the uncertainty and they're like, I hate this. I just want to know where I'm playing. Where did you kind of fall in in all of this?
1: More likely, where could I be playing? Like there's a lot of players this offseason which are fairly similar than I am, I would say, with like Palat and uh, Borokovsky. I was there a little, always a little better than myself. But um, like uh, for me personally, I always knew, okay, I got to wait till they're gone. And then hopefully from there I can uh, see where... What could be good for for myself, and obviously make make up your mind early on. Okay, I see myself there, here, and what role could I be playing there? And and like like you said, like it's very f- stressful at some mm-hmm. point in the off season, and like you constantly think about it as soon as the season ends. Okay, could I be back with Carolina? Could I be somewhere else? And I don't think it's as fun as a lot of people think it is. Mm-hmm.
0: So was that was that a strategy then? Like specifically, we we need to wait. You to, were gonna wait to see where Andre Palat ended up and then... By the way, he's gonna, garbage. He's not better than you. <laughs> you. said he's better than you. That's not true. Glad he's
2: garbage. Just, you know. uh,
0: was, was that a strategy or is that just, that's just how the marketplace is going to be? Because once upon a time in the PA, going back years, I mean, there was a strategy from the Players Association. This person is going to sign first and then this person is going to sign for this number and it was all sort of late. I know the NHL didn't like it, but that's the way the Players Association put it together. It's a lot different now. Was this like strategic... From your point, like you're going to wait until Palat and Burkowski go somewhere and then you're going to do your deal.
1: Yeah, well, I just figured because I mean, they both won a cup and I think that's, I mean, everybody on a team wants to have players who, who won something. And I personally haven't had a chance to, to win a cup yet and hopefully it's national. So for me, I was important for myself to like see where they're going to go because I feel like we're a kind of similar type of players and then go from there, wherever I think would be the best opportunity for myself after that.
2: Was it ever close in Carolina? Did you ever think it was going to work out there?
1: No, not really. I mean, I, I I didn't know what kind of direction they wanted to go. I mean, no, I think they were in a tough position with uh, Trojak as well, and Tony D'Angelo. They didn't know what they want to do there, and then feel like they hit maybe hit the panic button and did uh, some things. They obviously now is ready and now he got his, like Achilles torn, so it's kind of like you never know what what the thought process was behind it. But um, there was times where I wish it could have worked out early in the in the season or during the playoffs, and. But I mean, it's a business side, which is unfortunate. And I still have a lot of friends there, and that was that team is gonna look a lot different next year than what they did the last couple of years. So it's um, we'll see. I hope hope the best for them, but for me personally, I think it was the right decision to
0: leave. Speaking of Carolina, that was a team that many people picked. It's, it's tough to win a Stanley Cup, certainly, but to get to the Stanley Cup, like that was a team that had high expectations. Take us into the room during the playoffs and specifically against the New York Rangers.
1: When you have I think back, even the whole season, I think we were so consistent all year long. And like we knew what kind of position we put ourselves in. And once we got over the hump against Boston, we knew, okay, we got a good chance. And us, we all thought it, like it was the Rangers do a regular season. We had a good time playing against them. Like I think it was a good fit for us. And. And then I think the biggest problem was we could just couldn't win a, an away game. And I think their yeah. matchup very well against us. And we had a good matchup at home. But on the way, we couldn't quite get that done the way we, we were hoping for. And uh, we always knew, okay, we just got to win the home games. And we're going to be fine. And and yeah, eventually time ran out. And our game changed a little bit. We we panicked towards the end. And I think that's mm-hmm. where what, what it cost us.
2: You know, Nino, you know, the teams there... Especially that team, like you're prepared. Your coach always has you ready. And then I watch what happens in net. Like guys just go down. Guys get hurt. And you know it's like Atlanta Vino. He always had a line. If my goalie's better than your goalie, I win. If your goalie's better than my goalie, you win. And you know it's not like anybody did anything bad. It's just that sometimes the whole sport comes down to one position. And I look at what happened in your net with the injuries and everything like that. And I got to imagine, like, for that, those players, it must have been so frustrating and disappointing when that series was over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I don't see we can blame anyone, even like uh, the rookie goal. We, we came in with Peter, and um, he was. He was good for us. I mean, he won games against Boston. Yes. and Then uh, Ranta made some key saves at some uh, certain times. And I think it also comes down to, um, like, we started opening up and changed our game. We didn't, weren't quite ready to, even when we were down one or two, nothing we saw. We got to change it right away. And the next shift, we got to find a way to turn this thing around. And I think that's where maybe the saw process or the learn process was. Boston had, like, Game seven at home, like Boston, it didn't matter if they were down two one, going thirty seconds left in the game, they almost tied it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that's what kind of we're missing there. I feel like the the patience going all the way it doesn't matter if we're down one nothing, and there's thirty seconds left. The, the belief that we can, can still change the game.
2: Best Rod Brindamore moment.
1: There's man, like his whole speeches before the game is just remarkable. I mean, the way he speaks to speaks for it. I mean, the passion he has for the game is just. uh I mean, he. I I loved listening listening when he when he was talking.
2: Did you ever go into the weight room when he was in there?
1: Yes, I mean he was. If you if you're a little too early going into ring, he's pushing and like even after he's always wearing his weight weight west and uh, does his push ups <laughs> and uh, was on the bike and actually it was um I had a chance to do the bike test a little earlier last year and uh, I was fortunate enough to go right in when he finished it and he was literally. He was dead, but like I, would, I felt like, why would you do it? It was fifty years old. Why would you do the same test as we do? <laughs> and he just keeps telling himself, "Well, if the players have to do it, I got to do it." So it was like I was, I was impressive, and I, I mean, he crushed it too. But like he was, he was laying on the floor. And I think our fitness coach took a picture of it i was just laying there he was absolutely dead and i was i just got into town i was like trying to say hey hi what's up and then he was he wasn't talking he like literally straight out 10 minutes later he came
0: out and said hey like how was your summer and all that stuff so it took some time are you uh, are you gonna tell john Hines that at uh a training camp this year that he should well, do you the know, same You test. know what, what what Rod did was <laughs> no. I mean, I, I had a small talk with him, but I'm looking forward to getting to know him. And um, yeah, I mean, Roddy was definitely special. And yeah, you you have another uh, speaking of fitness freaks in uh, in Tanner know you're gonna get to know quite well who's. You look at the kid, and you know, light matches off of him. He's just torn up, as I'm sure you know by now. Uh, we mentioned Ryan Johansson as well. Roman Yossi, certainly. Anyone else that you know on this team going in? Granlund, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, we got to
1: know Forsberg a little bit. And but I mean, there's so many great players on on that roster. And uh, from what I heard, a lot of great group of guys. So I'm looking forward to to go there.
2: You know, Nino, know, it's it's interesting. Like you you've been through Minnesota. You know, you've been through. Obviously, uh, the island, you know, you've been through Carolina, you've been now you're going into Nashville. You've seen a lot of interesting and different places in your career. And I, you know, go back to when you first came over. What do you remember about yourself then? And what do you think the biggest and most important lessons that you've learned on your journey?
1: I would say almost like don't don't cheat the game. Like there's a certain way to play the game, Mm -hmm. and you just gotta stick with it. I think going with uh, on Long Island. I mean, back then I feel like it was a lot different. Like if you're like drafted early, you have a chance to to play almost right away, and then you had to work yourself up to the first two lines. I mean, I remember I played with Jay Pandolfo and. um, Trevor Gillies on Long Island and they told me like once you get on a red line you got to put the puck in deep and then you forecheck and then you change because they kind of like that was their way to play the game and like that's what they had to do to be in the league and like they it was important for them to tell me that because I couldn't do what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. because if I turn over pucks they knew they they probably going to be the one who are going to be out of the lineup not myself because they want me to play certain games so it was a it was a big change over the last year to see what they did and you kind of appreciate what they did and how hard they had to work to be in the league. And I think that was, for me, very important to, to know. like You got you to gotta work hard. Nothing is given to you and you just got to earn it. And even now going to Nashville, I know I want, like personally, I want to earn the spot even though it may be given to me, but I want to earn it. I want to show that I deserve to,
2: to be there. Have they told you who you're going to play with or anything like that?
1: No, not really. I mean, we had some talks, there's potential being with with Johansson, but like I said, like I want to earn that spot and I want to do whatever it takes to play with him.
0: You got to put the Portland crew together, yeah. but it'll be on. a lot of fun. I hope we still have the same connection. It'll be great.
2: Some things never go away, you know. Like it's 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 like riding a bicycle. You're just once like... you
0: have it, you have it. Uh, I just want to ask you about international hockey. Like, certainly playing in the NHL is front and center. Here we are in in Paris as part of this NHL players tour, and you know all the players that come through. You know, talk about how much it means to play for their country. Um, this is true of all hockey players. You play on the Preds. When you put on the national jersey though, like how important. Is that You know, you talk about winning a Stanley Cup. What about winning a world championship, for Olympics. example? Or Olympics.
1: It's, it's definitely a lot harder with, with Switzerland to do that, but um, it is always so exciting to have, to have a chance to represent your country and going to the Olympics. I mean, playing against the best of the best and playing with your, your teammates. You speak the same language or yeah. same the same language. Like in Switzerland, we, we still speak English because I don't speak French and maybe know a little Italian, <laughs> so it's still a little mixed match there. But uh, when once you have a chance to represent your country is definitely something special. And I think the NHL doesn't realize how big the NHL came already in, like in Switzerland, yeah. like everybody's following it. So I think doing games in Europe, it's definitely huge. You're looking forward
2: to it. I assume, eh?
1: Absolutely. Playing in Switzerland. Yeah. that be extremely fun. My, my grandma's most likely going to come to never see me play live. So oh, that's really, eh? things like that, which is going to be really
2: exciting. Yes. Is she going to wear a Predators jersey or is she going to wear like a Swiss Niederreiter jersey? Like what's the choice? I, here? Honestly,
1: I have no idea what she's going to wear, but I, I hope she's going to. I mean, she's 80, 84. I hope mm-hmm. they both going to make it there. And because um, one of them, they had, she hasn't even left the country ever. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, And the other one is traveling a little bit. You should have brought they, her to Paris as your guest. <laughs> I know, right?
2: That will be hilarious. What kind
1: of grandson are I you? I know. I should have done better. <laughs> no but um, so that would be exciting and yeah
2: do you remember I, I like you know I, I remember at the 2006 Olympics I was in Italy when Switzerland beat Canada I worked that game do you remember that game absolutely Paul Pietro scored actually Twice. both goals
1: yeah I do remember that and uh, it was almost that was yeah that was a huge huge moment for Swiss hockey I mean we were there I remember it was in my living room we watched the game and we all couldn't believe what, what happened and then the next day like the news was going bananas about that game and like where is that going to go? And so it's <laughs> definitely... I mean, it's everybody Everybody still remembers that game.
0: Nino, thanks so much. Good luck in Nashville. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Kevin Fiala of the Los Angeles... Checks notes. Los Angeles Kings uh, with us here on 32 Thoughts. It always seems profound and real when you see the jersey and the nameplate and you came in with the Los Angeles Kings jersey and there's the Fiala over the the name bar, and it just sort of hit me like, I know you're on the Kings, but until I see that, it really feels it. Um, congratulations. How do you feel being an LA King? Thank you. Um,
3: it feels great. Like you said, it's, it's a shock, you know, I mean, new team. Um, now in the summer, especially, you know, you get traded, but, uh, you can't wear your jersey. You can't be with the teammates with the new city and everything. So it's very exciting to get there soon.
2: It's funny, you know. People aren't going to see this on the audio version of the podcast. But you come in, you're in black and white. Like you're already <laughs> like, was this planned? Did you say I'm wearing black and white for this media tour?
3: No, not at all. But it it fits good.
2: So, like, just take us through those couple of weeks at the end of last season, Kevin. Because first of all, the the first round series against St. Louis was was great theater. It didn't go the way that you guys wanted it to go, but it was a great series. And then kind of what you're thinking and how things played out from minnesota to la
3: yeah like you said in the playoffs didn't work out like we all wanted for sure or expected it was a st louis played great and uh, they were just better than us you know it was a it was a tough matchup for us and uh, yeah they did a good job to just beat us after that took some vacation and chilled and Kind of thinking in the back, back out of your mind, it's maybe it, you know, with Minnesota. You have some thoughts, you know, they have cap issues. They had to do a lot of things to keep me and uh, just preparing myself to, to be
2: maybe gone, you know. Was there ever a point where you thought it was ever going to work out?
3: Like in the season, yeah. Of course, you, you don't want to bounce around, you know, and uh, I really liked it there. I love the players. It was a, it's a big, big family there, Everybody's close to each other and... Uh, in the big picture i thought it was time to go you know just try something different so in, in my back of my mind it was kind of preparing myself you know for a trade to happen and uh, because in nashville i got shocked even if you could prepare yourself there also because it was a deadline you were l- l- watching the tv you know but still it was a shock you know you're gone you mm-hmm. have to pack up the things and go and see you guys later, you know, you never, you, 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 I'm gonna see you guys whenever, you know, mm-hmm. so it was tough, now, like uh, like I said before, you prepare yourself a little bit more, you know, you are you don't see the guys anymore, because you're home, you know, uh, it's it was a little easier to mm-hmm. go, mm. in my view, so, no, I don't think it was ever, like, 100% sure I wasn't that I could stay there in mm-hmm. Minnesota. I always, I was actually pretty good at like blocking it, you know. Just play hockey and uh, just coming in, into the season with a one-year deal. It was a little weird, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, just kind of block it, just enjoy it, you know. It's maybe the last time I play with these guys. Um, just enjoy it, go with the flow, and uh, everything is it's gonna fix itself, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I kind of did that, the the hockey part went better and better was kind of the second part you know i didn't think too much didn't pressure myself too much and just go with the flow and enjoy the teammates have fun and yeah
2: now did you know la because i one of the things i heard was they had some time to talk to your representatives yeah and it didn't work and then so it kind of went away and then it came back so yeah did you know it would be la and it must have been a bit of a crazy whirlwind situation
3: yeah, in the in the story, was uh, a few teams interested, you know, the agent called and then he from nowhere, like he just called me and he was like, LA uh, has a deal done. Do you want to get there? And uh, it was a shock, you know, like I was like, I did my list and LA was on top of that list, actually. And I was like, whoa, they're like, hmm, here we go. Here we go. It's it's crazy. It's uh, it's going to happen. And, and they were like, yeah, but we have a. I don't know how many hours. It was like one day. We got a, we got till tomorrow on this day. I was like, whoa, (laughs) like I, we just have like 30 hours or something like that. There was like an exclusive trade window or something like that. So it was a little pressure on me because uh, the next day it was like two, three in the morning here. I had to kind of decide if I take it or not. And I was, yeah, it was like three in the morning. I was half asleep and I was. <laughs>
2: you were still out. We know you weren't but You were still out. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't go through in the first, but uh, the next day you went through and couldn't be happier, you know, um, to land in, in LA.
0: You know, in Minnesota, you had a great season. And a lot of this was you struck up some great chemistry with Matthew Boldy. It was so much fun to watch you two play specifically what made that work that combination
3: you know sometimes uh two players just click you know and uh that was the case kind of it was from day 1 you know we we played a little bit together in the in the camp but it was not a lot and uh there i already saw oh, this guy is good you know i hopefully hopefully he can play with me throughout the season but he, he broke uh, something happened with his foot i think Got mm. sent down and then he came up and yeah. we just uh, clicked. You know, we understand the game the same way. We want to give and go. We we want to score. We want to pass. Uh, we just we just think the game pretty similar. He's a big boy. He wins puck battles. We were understanding each other great. You know, and and, and Freddie Goudreau fit in uh, very well as well. So it wasn't just us two. It was mm-hmm. a good line.
2: So do you see someone in LA or a couple of people in LA where you say I'm going to be able to recreate the same chemistry that I had with Boldy because they think the similar way to Boldy does?
3: Well, uh, you don't know that. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard as a player to even when you see players like like me, you know, maybe it doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like me and Capersoff for example, we we want to puck, we want to score and everything like that, but it didn't quite work out. That well Mm -hmm. with us because both want the puck too much, you know, kind of. Mm -hmm. So it it has the fit, but in LA, for sure, I'm I'm hoping for uh, some chemistry and uh, even like something like me and Baldy or something even better, you know. Mm -hmm.
2: And so for sure, I'm hoping for that. Did you say I have a preference of Kopitar or Dino or anything like that? (laughs) No, I'm I'm (laughs) gonna play with Kopitar if that's okay with you guys.
3: Oh, I didn't say anything, uh, but it's gonna be for sure uh, excited to play with whoever mm-hmm. uh, but uh, for me uh, you know Kopitaro will be very fun very mm-hmm. fun to play to, to play with him because he he was uh, he's uh, in the league for a long time he mm-hmm. has won the cups he's done it all you know he's a passer as well so he he sees things he can pass so I can maybe finish it you know that's also uh, a part but the on the other hand is also you know he's a 200 foot player fast creative can score goals like you know there's two top centers and and more who
0: who have you spoken to in los angeles i mean certainly you've talked to rob blake but i mean who, who else have you talked to in in la you mentioned kopitar before
2: yeah um is he here by the way does he come over here yeah there?
3: he's he was here okay but um i think he's over now mm-hmm. he's there uh, he's got kids too and uh, all school uh, yeah school yep. and mm-hmm. stuff like that so but i talked to Almost everybody actually. Too like, Doughty?
0: Yep. So you can't say that name without smiling, <laughs> right?
3: Like I was just smiling because he's always uh, chirping guys and <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to be on his side, this side. What did he say to you on the ice? Oh uh, no, just I don't know. I can't think of something but he was always saying something. It doesn't have to be a chirp. Yeah. But like just he's very cool with other team, you know, he's just a fun player to play against and mm-hmm. uh, f- for sure play with. You know, he's mm-hmm. a funny guy. But in the other hand, to play against him is a pain in the ass because yes. he's he's a great player. So uh, no, I'm very excited to join him. All right, just the last one, Kaprizov. What did you learn about him? Ah, uh, a lot. He's a machine. You know, like he's a. He never gives up. You know, he's just unbelievable on the puck, off the puck. He works like nobody else. I feel, I feel like, you know, like he's, a, he's like a dog on a bone. With a puck, it's hard to knock him off the skates. You see, it, he's so strong and, yeah, never gives up, you know. If he doesn't score, you can kind of feel um, he's going to score. In the playoffs, I felt like in the, in against St. Louis, nobody was going, but mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. He kind of always finds a way to get going, to keep going. I don't know, he had so many chances, like... 10 chances in one game didn't score if he, he finally scored in the in the last period or something two goals maybe so he's like mentally very strong
0: when he does that move where he just circles the offensive zone scans, scan scans, scan scans, yeah. scan it's fascinating to watch yeah fascinating it, it feels like
3: it's he's seeing everything in slow motion you know so great kid as well mm-hmm. now i just talked about uh hockey but uh off the ice he's a f- very funny guy you can go to dinner with him with him alone and you're you're going to have a great time with him. You know, he's a funny guy. His English is getting better and better
0: also and just a very easy going guy. Listen, this has been a lot of fun. Um, it looks really cool, that Fiala name on the back of a King's jersey. Best of luck this year with LA. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Hampus Lindholm of the uh, Boston Bruins. First of all, thanks so much for joining us today. Much appreciated. You had quite a season. It still seems weird to
2: hear. Hampus I the Boston <laughs> Bruins. Still but now
0: weird. you're like with you know with playing with Charlie McAvoy. You know, we talk so much about you know what McAvoy as underrated as many people believe he is, and I think we're two people that think that McAvoy is underrated. Yeah. I mean. All of a sudden, now you can make the argument that one of the best pairs in the entire NHL is you and Charlie McAvoy. Why Boston? Why is Boston attractive to you? I mean, obviously, you signed an extension. Why Boston?
4: I think it's just uh, the East Coast. I want to try something new, and then uh, the city reminds me a little bit of Europe. And then obviously, the team's been around forever. I think, especially now when I came there, and when you sign a contract, where I really like play there, or live there? only visited there. It's yeah. a little scary but for some reason I know Boston had interest for a period of time so I, I kind of had it in the back of my head being able to get ready for it a little bit so then when they were one of the teams pushing for me I was, it made the decision kind of easy and then now when I'm there it yeah. just feels like uh, the hand in the glove kind of situation.
0: Yeah I spoke to someone this season um, you know as trade deadline as, yeah. as a, as a port, it was a few months before a trade deadline and this person said to me if Anaheim moves Hampus Lynn home He's not going to go back to Anaheim. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, he's a player that looks for new things always. He's curious. I want to live here. I want to play there. I want to try this. Holmes is a hockey person, certainly, but he doesn't think like a lot of other hockey people do. There's almost this different curiosity that he has. What do you make of that comment?
4: No, I think that's a compliment because that's how I want to be known. I always strive to be better. And I think this is one of the reasons with Boston they believe in me and gave me a great opportunity. But I think personally, the pressure that comes from my side, I'm just super excited about coming into sports town and showing people what kind of player I can be mm-hmm. and what I am. And it's like you said there, I'm curious about what I can actually become here in Boston and what legacy hopefully I can create here in Boston.
2: You, you talked about it there a little bit about signing the extension right away. How much yeah. time did you have to think about it?
4: Of course, it's a little scary, but then it's also, you, you can look at, try to look at things, Always from the positive side, you have someone that says they believe in you so much that they want to sign an extension for you. So in that way, just the belief around the team for having me, it's, it kind of made it made an easy decision, but it's always hard to be at one spot maybe for that long, but just knowing the organization and how they always push and strive to be the best possible team each season, that made my decision a lot easier.
2: Okay, so you played against them. What did you think about Brad Marchion before you got there? <laughs> yeah. And then what did you think about him after you had him as a teammate?
4: I feel like that's a question I always get. But funny thing with uh, Marshi, like, I'm not to the level like he is, but I like the competitive guys. There's always a certain guys on each team. And over my career, I've always played against other teams' top line. And there's always been a few of those guys to stand out, that used to compete, like, and want to really really beat you and do those little things and those little pulls and tricks to get around and i i love that because it just brings the best out of me as well so i never had anything against marshy in that we well, never tried to lick you so yeah, you were okay so. <laughs> that's true yeah not yet at least we'll see <laughs> maybe now i got my summer here he'll come come around the corner but no he's he's a great guy and uh, great to have on the team and uh, super nice guy
2: He's a phenomenal player, one of yeah. the best players in the league. Who would you put in his class as the players who are not only talented, but they're great at getting under your skin?
4: When I say that, I don't mean like getting under skin. I think I focus on more on just like mentality of just want to beat you. All the time. Yeah. like Obviously, he brings it with the chirping and stuff too, mm-hmm. but there's a lot, a lot of other guys. Like I play against Kapitar a lot in the Kings. He's definitely not a guy that like really talks, but when you come in a corner, he's just got that grit to him, and mm-hmm. once you to dominate you, try. Obviously, never did that with me, but... (laughs) No, but it's fun. It's fun to play against those guys because it's like a challenge, you know what I mean? Like as a player, that's like we're talking about here. Curiosity coming, playing against the best that makes the best.
2: I like that. I like, I like that thinking. I like
0: that. And and that's you. I remember talking to someone about you uh, not too long ago who said, like, look, in practices, like, this guy takes every one-on-one in practice as seriously as if it's a game. Yeah. Like, every single moment about you is, I'm going to give my best. It's an intense competition always. Mm-hmm. Do you have any type of off switch can you turn it down and say ah you know, yeah. it's a Tuesday practice <laughs> it's just another one on one who cares
4: yeah probably not when I put my gear on and uh, I think I've been better with age but I can say my, my mom and I have had some uh, card moments when <laughs> we walked different ways so it's really it's, it's not always the best when you're that competitive <laughs> with everything but I think uh, now when I'm older I, I learned to turn it off and tone it down a little bit but I can tell you I, I, I try to win even if we were sitting here and doing rock paper scissor I would be a little bummed if I didn't beat you guys <laughs> Who, so
2: what cards do you play with your mom Jin or uh, what is
4: um, it yeah we have some difference I don't know if they call it. this Swedish difference, uh, uh, but it's probably similar we play all kinds of games mm-hmm. we'll be in but when I, she always tells me story when I was little I, I we would play cards and if I lose I wouldn't talk to her for like an hour because I would be so pissed off <laughs> so I kind of brought that into me with my hockey I don't think that's a little aggressive so I think now I've kind of toned it down I have it at a good competitiveness level and uh, I can let things go a little better
2: what's your mom's name? Petra and who's a worse loser you or Petra?
4: Probably me. <laughs> I don't show it anymore, but uh, yeah, I got a little better at it.
2: You know, the the Bruins are an interesting group because, in a lot of ways, like when they, when they were at their best, the dressing room it kind of ran itself. Now you're there, obviously after Char is gone, but Bergeron. Very mature group where everybody knows kind of what's expected of them. You know, Krejci's obviously coming back. He was a huge part of them. We talked about Marchand. You know, I I wonder like when the coaches aren't in there and Bergeron and and Marchand are kind of running that group, what's it like in there?
4: Definitely coming in or you notice right away. Like you said, how the room just kind of runs itself with like um, Bergie and Shara, like all those guys just created that that legacy. And uh, it's fun to be a part of because it just kind of makes it so much easier for all of us coming in to just follow the lead and do the same thing to the people that's going to come in and follow us. So and just the way they treat everyone in the organization you just need a team to win you need a whole organization from uh, equipment guys to staff to physios and everyone you just need to be on the same page and I think they really created that environment and uh, you need that if you, you want to
2: win Is it much different from what you, what you experienced? Like, I
4: think my first year in Anaheim we had the same thing the team kind of the locker room we had Timo and Getsi and yeah. like also kind like, of the same we got the same energy as I did coming to Boston now it kind of runs itself and then obviously over years, guys left and, and the team wasn't really the same as it was my first three, four years when we were like top in the league. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're a team that's top in the league, I think you kind of have some kind of in the locker room that it kind of runs itself, obviously, to different degrees. I think Berge takes it to a different level with Boston, but it's uh, I've felt a little bit of an before and it's fun to be a part of it
0: here in Boston. Let me ask you a question about the ducks. The one player I was told who you really helped, like out of your way to help this season, was Jamie Drysdale. Yeah. Did he live with
4: you? Yeah. No, I had him live with me too.
0: Your thoughts on Jamie Drysdale? And you know, I'm, you know, you mentioned some of the players that were there when when you were a rookie as well. I mean, Getslaff yeah. and Perry, et, yeah. et cetera. But how do you help shepherd this young kid into the NHL? Like, what did you do for Drysdale?
4: There's a lot of things coming to the league as a young guy with coaches and pressure from all kinds of directions. And um, I think just kind of helping with all that because obviously I've been going through what he's going through right now and try to just give my advices how I got through it and what I thought about. Then also like, because we were playing together, his success is my success. That's how I look at it. It doesn't matter if I play with a guy for a game. I want to be the best deep pairing out there. And try to really put that mindset into someone's head, depending, it doesn't matter how much you play, you want to have that mindset to never shift and then mm-hmm. you can get far, I think, just having that kind of mindset.
2: And, you know, what did you think as he went through last year? So I changed his number. Yeah. So he's got, he's got a low number now yeah. as opposed to the, yeah. the high number. But what did you think last year? And, and what did you say to him when you got traded? You owe me three months' rent. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah, he owes me much more than that. <laughs> no, so Jamie's a great kid, super humble, super like uh, couldn't ask for for a better guy, young guy to have and live with me. I think I, I'm lucky I didn't have a C there. He's a little bit more of a troublemaker, so lucky I got dry still. No, just kidding. They're both <laughs> both great kids, and um, he obviously knew the situation because he lived with me, so he was kind of part of the whole thing. From a close, close level, and we just kind of spoke open about it. I think it was good for him to just see the way the NHL works. I think, especially him living with me, he really got the inside of all that. It takes sometimes. I've been fortunate. My teammates, like Raquel, was probably my closest guy mm-hmm. since I was young in the team. We've been together for nine seasons, eight seasons. And that's kind of rare. And
2: now you hate him because he's in Pittsburgh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. No, but I think it was fun for him to just be around and see all that. I think he learned a lot from first year, and it's it's a tough league to come into. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gonna hopefully uh, bring that into this year.
2: To that point, happens after you left. There was that game in Arizona where yeah. the Ducks got pushed around. Yeah. You must have watched it. You must have seen it. I was curious. Like you know those guys. Yeah. What did you think?
4: Uh, yeah, no, it's obviously tough. It's it's a tough league. There's really no people that give you free points. That's something I learned in this league. There's there's winning teams and there's losing teams, and um, you have to be going out there with your spikes out every game because no one gives you anything for free. And that's what's so fun. It's so competitive. And uh, yeah, that was obviously I lost some big bodies there in the blue line. So it's tough. It's a change. You have to adjust, and I
0: think they're gonna find their way around uh, doing that. Uh, listen we look forward to seeing you for a uh, full season with the, uh, the Boston Bruins I know there's some injuries to start the season but it's good to see the band is back together in Boston and you're uh, you're going to be a huge part of it Hampus thanks so much for stopping by today yeah thank you guys I appreciate it okay I hope you enjoyed those three interviews the internet writer Kevin Fiala and you just heard from Hampus Lindholm of the Boston Bruins quick pause when we come back you'll hear from Victor Olofsson of the Buffalo Sabres and New Jersey Devils captain Nico Heischer Before we get back to our regular programming, we need to talk about our partner, Montana's barbecue and bar. Taco about. Really? That's right. With $5 tacos available every Tuesday, satisfy any taco craving when you try their seasoned grilled chicken, Mexi-spiced beef, Kapow shrimp, or mixed veggie options.
2: Mix and match to try them all or add one to the side of your favorite Montana's item. $5 tacos at Montana's Barbecue and Bar every Tuesday. Some conditions apply. Visit montanas.ca for details.
0: Nico, first of all, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, we do want to ask you about your summer. We do want to ask about what's on the horizon for you and the New Jersey Devils, etc. But as you look down and see that New Jersey Devils sweater, there's a C on it there. What goes through your mind when you see that?
5: <laughs> I mean, looks good, obviously. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, definitely huge honor. I mean, uh, I know how much uh, uh, it means uh, for an organization and for a team, so definitely an honor for me to wear that.
0: Is that one of those things that, you know, in the back, everyone has goals that they want to set for themselves, play in the NHL, score your first goal, etc. Did you ever in the back of your mind think I'm going to captain an NHL team one day? To be honest, for
5: me, no. That was never really one of my goals. But obviously, uh, like I said, obviously it's a huge honor. And uh, for me, it was always, uh, I want to win. I want to be that guy that can make a difference that uh, leads the team to that. But mm-hmm. that wasn't like necessary a goal in my head. More of my goals are just uh, winning the Stanley Cup obviously i do I'll do whatever I can to to achieve that when they told me uh, I'm gonna be the new C, I was obviously super excited. It's an honor and uh if I wouldn't know how it felt earlier, that might as well be been a goal for me, but my main goal is still just winning and uh without C or C, I just wanna <laughs>
2: win. did it change you at all like did you find that you, your personality changed at all or your with that yeah uh
5: no, I don't think so. I want to lead. How I've been playing and uh, I think or that's what people told me uh, I got the reason why, why I wear it and don't change do the same thing uh, be the same person uh, lead your own style then that's what I'm trying uh, I just try to go out there uh, have my teams back do whatever I can to have a team first mentality and uh, maybe even yeah like put my own success uh, a little bit more in the background and uh, do whatever I can to help uh, the New Jersey Devils win hockey games and uh, championships.
0: You know, this New Jersey team, and I'm, I'm curious how you see yourself fitting into this. This is a New Jersey team that is transitioning from having uh, more older players to now having more younger players, and you're going to be surrounded by, by younger athletes now. Do you have to change at all? I mean, you're obviously going to evolve from one season to the next, but... Going into this next season, Devils are going to get a little bit younger, more skilled too. How do you see your role now? I
5: mean, same way. I just want to be there, do my thing that I've been doing, uh, trying to lead the team out there and uh, apply the right way so our younger guys can follow, so the whole team can follow. That's what I'm trying to do. With changing, obviously, I want to I wanna be a better player next year. That's, uh, that's for sure. They'll have more impact to a game. And if you do that, you're helping your team and uh that's that's my goal next year and uh i also just off the ice as well i just want to like help the guys uh, that come in the younger guys help them out wherever i can guys on, on their second year like mercer or or guys like that just just helping these guys out and uh showing around the older guys that come in uh if they need anything obviously i'm i'm there to help and uh i think that's a little bit the role as well as a captain and uh I'm glad if I can do that. And uh, if they come up to me, I'll definitely listen.
2: So when you said you want to have more impact on the game, what are you talking about? Just all around. uh,
5: Being more productive offensively, but being uh, more feared
0: defensively as
5: well. So uh,
0: that's uh, my goal. See, I don't... It's funny. I was talking to someone last week about you, and this person said, I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for how well he plays defensively five-on-five. He said, if you peel all the numbers away. It was you know, your mother. That's who he was talking <laughs> yeah. no, no, one, no one related yeah. to you. Uh, I said, like, look, he's, he's amongst the best players in the NHL defensively, five on five. And I was like, I, you know, I want to produce more offense, but not at the expense of. Like, when you talk like that, and if I'm, you know, if I'm your coach, I'm loving what I'm hearing, because that's the mentality that wins championships. Do you believe that?
5: I definitely take a lot of pride in my defensively game because when I was younger, more was just offensively until coach basically told me, uh, Hey, like, I feel like modern hockey, if, if you're both ways, it's good. That's a really Im- impact player right there on a team. And uh, defensively, uh, you get less credit than uh, offensively, but I don't care, I would say. I, will, yeah. I don't care if I get credit or not. Uh, for me, it's just uh, if I can have a strong defensively game, uh, I'll help my team win. It's the same. Uh, they're always like Ds that are more uh, stay-at-home Ds or Ds that are offensively. And yeah. uh, the stay-at-home Ds are as important as the guys that go up front, but they just get less credit. I'm a guy that recognizes that. People that understand hockey recognize that, and that's all that matters. I always describe me as a two-way player yep. when I came in, when I was in Halifax. I worked on that and that's why I take a lot of pride in it to be uh, effective on both sides of the ice and uh, that coach can put me on
0: the ice if you want up or one down, it doesn't matter. I-, I watched you tons in Halifax and you and Maxim Fortier together was, I mean, it was puck on a string with, with you two guys. Is there a part of you that says like, man, it would be a lot of fun to be able to go back and play hockey like that again because I mean, you two guys kind of dominated.
5: Definitely it was a little easier than that. <laughs> no, uh, I mean... Uh, I had a great time in Halifax. Uh, great group, uh, great coach, and uh, the organization. Yeah, they all I could ask for. It was just a fun experience for me. I could develop me as a player really good. I could get adjusted to, to the smaller ice, to the traveling, to more games, all that. And uh, but definitely happy where I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm good with one year, and uh, I want to play hockey on the highest level, and yeah. uh, that's where I'm at and uh, that's where I want to stay.
2: Listening to you talk about the defensive side of the game, I would bet you had a real appreciation for Mason McTavish in overtime for Canada. What did you think when you saw that?
5: 100%. I saw, like, the whole shift, so I think it was, like, a little mistake up front, but gets back, digs it out by himself, and uh, that's right there. That's a character move. Uh, and goes back, and right there uh, makes that huge save, and uh, fair enough, after that, they, mm-hmm. they, they get the OT winner, and... Uh, if i would be on the team definitely would run first up uh, to the goal scorer but immediately turn up to him and say that's <laughs>
2: that's that's huge i i could see for a guy like you looking at that and saying cuz i just as a viewer i thought that was one of the greatest plays i've ever seen 100%
5: like i said i definitely would as an excitement you run to the goal scorer for me immediately the thought would come up to, to go up to him and say hey that's Safe. that's the game like that's what i definitely
0: would do it feels like the new jersey devils are really close to taking a big step here how do you feel about that
5: i'm on your page uh i was uh definitely disappointed last year uh, i felt we could do more and uh we did not have uh easy season with, with uh injuries especially also in uh our goalies so uh that's that's definitely something uh I'm looking forward to next year uh we uh, we have a uh, really good goalies but hopefully everybody stays healthy mm-hmm. but I know during a season players get hurt but uh I just feel like if we as a group can stay together and play on a longer stretch, uh, we can be a dangerous team and uh that's why I was really disappointed last year, so even more with all the new players we we get in this year uh I'm even more excited for this year and uh touch wood like i said hopefully we stay healthy and
0: uh, i'm sure we can be a dangerous team how much did you follow jesper Bratt's situation in the off season
5: yeah i mean obviously i, I was in contact with him and uh, i was i um, was definitely happy that they uh, figured it out and uh, made the one-year deal because uh, yeah i mean everybody saw is a uh, huge part of our team huge part of our offense mm-hmm. and uh, definitely he's a guy too that wants to win and uh, we need players like that and uh, I think uh, you build up a good team with, with players that want to win and uh, with like, similar mindset to me like you, you, you need players in the team that are not selfish that are always uh, do the job for the team mm-hmm. and uh, not look for their own success and uh, that's how, how you build up a winning team, that's what I believe in
2: Last one for me Nico. Okay, this is the real stuff who is the most high maintenance player on the Devils to deal with as captain, and who is the most low maintenance <laughs> player to deal with? What do you way. mean with maintenance? Like, you, you have to deal with them the most. Like, when we, we joke in, in like, people we work with, if you're high maintenance, you always have to deal with them. They've always got something. That's like Elliot and, at our show. Yeah. And, and low maintenance is you never have to worry about them. They've always got everything taken care of.
5: Good question. I would say uh, low, definitely Bradder.
2: Oh yeah, okay. I could see it. Swede. Yeah, Swedes are low maintenance. He's everything
5: under control, <laughs> even uh, at home, at the rink, everywhere. So uh, brother and hype. I would say probably Blackie Blackwood.
2: Oh really? Eh? Yeah.
5: Blackwood. Uh, yeah, I've been talking to Blackwood a little bit last mm-hmm. year, and uh, he's obviously a funny guy. And uh,
2: but yeah, I would say Blackie it was a tough year for him obviously 100% yes. so as the captain like how do you manage that cuz he's a he- he's a heck he's... of a goalie he had a really hard year for a lot of different reasons mm-hmm. how do you manage that as the captain
5: yeah like just being there for him telling him like hey uh i'm in between like hey i'm here as a as a friend not like if you're my teammate or whatever like just talk to me and like yeah it was definitely not not easy for him uh this year mentally and with with his injury going on we definitely had uh, good talks and uh, kind of want to keep those talks uh, private but uh, we definitely had good talks and I'm really looking forward to see him uh, next year in the net so
2: you're saying he has a big year this year I'm, I'm calling yeah he has a big year
0: Nico thanks for this no problem Victor Olafson of the Buffalo Sabres, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, how's your off season been? Yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, I've been been
6: golfing a lot. I've been uh, to to Scotland and Portugal playing golf too, so it's
2: been good. It's your girlfriend's father, right? Who's a heck of a golfer, and you're a good golfer, so there's a bit of a rivalry here. Explain yeah. this.
6: Uh, he he's a very good golfer, and he's uh, say we just had a a club championship where he he beat me. I think with. Twelve shots or something like that. So I I didn't wow. have a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it match play or is it no? Uh, just, it's, okay. So you play two rounds. Okay. So you play eighteen and then you grab a, some lunch and then you head out for another eighteen. So it's uh, it's a tough day, but uh, it's fun.
2: <laughs> no, way. so here's here's the bigger question. Who does your girlfriend cheer for, you or her dad? Uh, I, I hope she she, uh, she
0: cheers for me, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very diplomatic answer. Well done. Uh, you had a really nice season and really turned it on by the end. And at the end of the season, there's Victor Olofsson with 20 goals again for the Buffalo Sabres and a, usually a career-high 49 points, uh, I want to say. Um, how would you evaluate your season? How did you think it went?
6: Overall, I'm I'm pretty satisfied. Uh, I had a great start. Um, I think my first eight games, and then uh, I had a a minor injury that kept me out for yeah. uh, for a while, and then. Coming back, I couldn't really um, find my, my level again. Uh, I feel like I struggled for a bit there in the uh, middle part of the season, but uh, eventually I, I think I finished pretty strong the last 30 uh, games or so. So a, a lot of ups and downs, yeah. like it's, uh, it usually is, but um, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the season.
2: I, th- I think you could say a lot for the Sabres. same. Like last 30 games, your division has kind of been Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Boston. But you guys look better. Ottawa looks better. Detroit certainly spent money. Are you guys going in this year with the idea of it's time to break up that quartet?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like just the way we finished last year or even the second half of, of last year was was very exciting. Um, and we played some good hockey against uh, some some of the top teams in the league. I feel like we we did take a step uh, last year and, and going to continue on doing that this year.
2: You guys really because there were two games. One was the outdoor game, another game was a game in Toronto. Buffalo Toronto is a big rivalry, and you guys seem to really like beating Toronto in those two games.
6: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's probably my favorite games to play. The the atmosphere during those games and and it's usually pretty wide open, offensive hockey, a lot of goals. So um, it's it's definitely uh, very fun playing against Toronto, and uh, even more fun beating him.
0: You know, there's so many players on your team that are impressive um we we're talking off here a little bit about tate thompson and just the visual of a player that big playing center and doing great uh at it um rasmus dalin has been fantastic who's impressed you from your team like who do you look at and you go "Ooh, okay this is this player's taken up taking a step here
6: i mean Tage uh, definitely last year took a, a massive step, um, and they moved him from the wing. What did you a, think
0: of that? Because I first saw like, w- yeah, you didn't make Tage Thompson. A yeah, center? I mean,
6: it was. Uh, I feel like a lot of people was feeling that way bef- uh, before the season, but I mean, he kind of proved everyone wrong. And um, a big guy like that with the hands he's got is pretty impressive to see. Yeah. Um, and he's, I think, he's going to continue on getting better.
2: When power showed up, like sometimes professional athletes are difficult to impress. You hear that there's a really talented young player coming and you're like, let's see, how long did it take until the Sabres realized that this was something special?
6: I think the first game, um, you just saw some things he did out there during, uh, he had a couple of guys on his back and still managed to uh, find someone wide open in the middle, like just small plays like that makes a big difference. Pretty impressive to see in his first uh, first games with us. So I think that kind of shows what kind of player he is. He's not far from Darlene in that aspect where he can make plays that many defensemen doesn't uh, usually make. Um, so it's, it was pretty cool to see.
2: Do veteran players kind of look at each other in in a, in a game like that? I guess that one was in Toronto. They look at each other and say, okay, we, we, we've got something. There.
6: Yeah, definitely. I mean, at some points, guys are just laughing at the bench uh, when they're doing <laughs> stuff like that. It's pretty,
0: it's pretty funny, but um, yeah, for sure. You know, Buffalo was a relatively quiet team in the offseason. The Ottawa Senators, you know, looking to take that next step and get into that group that Elliot was talking about. They made some aggressive moves. Um, the Detroit Red Wings made some aggressive moves as well. How do the players feel about Buffalo? Uh, and you know it wasn't the busiest summer for Kevin Adams. How does that sit with the Sabers?
6: I feel like we're we're really comfortable with the group we got at the moment, and I don't think they want to stir that up too much. Uh, just right. the, the way we finished last year, and most of our, our core are very young players, and I think they just kind of want to let the young guys keep on developing. And um, I think it's gonna. Be be a smart move in the long run.
0: This is a market that's had a lot of challenges and had a lot of frustrations. And listen, Elliot and I both grew up in southwestern Ontario and and grew up watching not just you know Maple Leaf games, which were available everywhere, but also watching Buffalo Sabres games. And we think back to the era of the French Connection and then Danny Gare and all these other Dominic Hasek and that era of Buffalo Sabres team. When you talk to fans, how do they talk to you about your team? Like there was a lot of frustration there. I, I get it. We all understand that. How are they feeling about the team now? Now that they're seeing some reason for optimism, whether it's yourself, whether it's, you mentioned Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dallino, and Power. How do fans feel in Buffalo right now?
6: Uh, I feel like they're pretty excited. I think we kind of got them back a little bit with the way we finished last year. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's been a tough uh, few years here uh, for the fans. They they haven't uh, seen playoffs hockey in, in Buffalo for a long time. And um, But I think we, we kind of bring something to be excited about and yeah. just the way we play. Uh, we really play a high tempo game and we play for each other and we, we're a hardworking team. So I think they're getting pretty excited again.
0: We all know about the Jack Eichel situation. Was it was it tough to play this year with the Sabres with that Eichel situation sort of hanging over the team before the, you know, before the the deal finally got made?
6: We managed it very well uh, in the team. We didn't put any energy into it. Um, we, we just let the the management do that, and yeah, eventually when it came to a solution, I mean. it... It was what it was obviously we we did get a lot of questions about jack and this and that but i I feel like it didn't take too much energy from the team um so uh it didn't it didn't bother us too much
2: did like talk coming in did that change a lot
6: yeah, i mean he's a great guy and a good leader on our team, and I feel like he he was uh a, a really good uh kind of the guy that we missed on a team a big powerful winger that could do everything he was uh very good for for most parts of last year, so um, it's it's really exciting having a guy like that on the team.
0: And a local boy.
6: Yeah, I mean, he's been a Sabres fan uh, his whole life, so... Both for him and the fans, it's pretty exciting to, yeah. to have a guy like that.
0: You know, the other key piece of that deal is, of course, Peyton Krebs. What did you make of him? Uh, he's a uh, very
6: talented uh, young guy. He's uh, um, He can make some really uh, slick passes out there. And he's also a very hardworking guy, fun guy to be around. So the
2: guys that came in um, was uh,
6: was really good for us and and we're
2: happy to have him. I wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself and your shot. Like when people ask about Victor Olson, the number one thing they they mention is the shot. You know, there's young people out there they're going to say, "How can I shoot a puck like that?" So I guess the question I have for you is, how can a young person, a young hockey player shoot a puck like that?
6: Um, I feel like it's just uh practicing obviously. Um just Continue to uh, shoot pucks before and after practice. And my uh, I, I had my dad as a coach growing up and he uh, kind of forbid me and my, my older brother to uh, take slap shots. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kept kept working on our wrist shot.
0: Is that because he didn't want to buy new sticks all the time? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, he. Uh,
6: I think it's just he said we're, we're wingers. It's not going to, yep. we're not going to have time uh, when we get older to fire a lot of slap shots. Hmm. So... Um, we just kept working on the wrist shots and eventually it got better and better. How and, many pucks a day? Uh, I mean, at home, it could be probably a, a couple of hundred uh, in the summer. Um, yeah. just went out there for an hour, just kept shooting, shooting. And, um, so it's, uh, it's probably been a lot of pucks. How was your dad as a coach? Very good. I had him from, I started playing until I was 14, I think. Wow. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's helped me uh, tremendously with everything. Uh, he's been a, been a great role model, and uh, he's someone I look up to um, very much. And yeah, he was very, very honest with me. Didn't put too much pressure on me, but uh, very honest with things I had to work on and get better on. And um, so I think I had a, the perfect
2: coach growing up. Obviously, games happen in the middle of the night in, in Sweden. When you're done a game, will there be a text message from him or anything like that?
6: Uh, he's I think he's always if it's uh, during the weekdays he's uh, he's always uh, going up early and he's not looking at the score and he just re-watched the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's kind of watching it live, but. He usually calls me uh, before I go to sleep or even the, the next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually talk after every game. So he's a big big hockey fan, so he, he doesn't miss uh, a lot of games.
2: That's amazing. That's so.
6: great.
0: This has been great. Victor, thank you so much for stopping by. Good luck this year with the Sabres. Thank you. Appreciate it. I want to thank all those players for making themselves available. Nico Hiescher, Victor Olofsson, Kevin Fiala, Hampus Lindholm, Nino Niederreiter. It was a real treat uh, to go to Paris to interview these hockey players. We appreciate their time. In a very relaxed setting, by the way, I've always maintained the best place to interview European hockey players is in Europe. Just relaxed and conversational. We had a great time. Taking us out today, an artist from Los Angeles who began making his own music during his high school days. Warren Tin, aka Warner, would go on to build his own studio in his backyard, crafting every melody and beat. From his 2019 summer mixtape EP, here's Warren Tin with Bitter on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Enjoy.